inspire. Welcome back to Starting Now. I'm your host, Jeff Saris, and I almost said the name of my other podcast, Kidney Stone Diet, but this is Starting Now. This is where I talk to entrepreneurs to reveal the unexpected paths to entrepreneurship. Today, my guest is Jared Spink. Jared is an entrepreneur. He is a real estate photographer. He's a podcaster. He's he's also been building this within the last um, 18 or so, 18 to 24 months, he's been building his business and sort of setting out on his entrepreneurial journey. So we dive into his entire story and learn how he made the transition from having a job into becoming an entrepreneur and how he's he's really carved out his path in finding his uh, customer base, is building his community and building a business that thrives. So without further ado, my conversation with Jared Spink. Just to dive in, what is your current uh, business? What do you what do you do? Yeah. So my current business is, I guess you would say I'm a freelancer, but I have my own production company, freelancer. I mean, I'm a one man show, so whatever you want to call it, but uh, anything with a camera essentially. So I I do a ton of real estate photography and videography. That's kind of like the main portion of my business right now. Um, And Southern California that, that actually kind of like picked up during the pandemic. So that's while everything else went away, like events and, and stuff, that has kept me busy. So that's the main focus of the business right now. It's not necessarily my favorite thing to do. <laughs> um, I'd be like, I'd like to do work with more brands and more companies and doing videos for their businesses. But um, that's starting to pick back up. That's nice. But uh, yeah, mainly, mainly real estate. And then of course I host my own podcast on the side. As you know, um, that's mm-hmm. more of a hobby than a business at this point. <laughs> but we'll see where it goes. Yeah. Have you tried tying them together at all? The business and the podcast? So that was initially kind of how the podcast started is, is I wanted to feature stories similar to what you do. I wanted to f- feature stories of entrepreneurs and creatives. And it's kind of, you know, so I, I would make business contacts, be able to work with them and share their stories. But it's kind of evolved since initially starting over a year ago to more now it's just about creatives and the entrepreneurship of being a creative. So um, they don't really blend together in a way I see currently, but you know, it's still fun. Oh yeah, for sure. And I mean, you're using the same branding because both companies are Hive or the podcast yeah, and the company. Yeah. So I keep the branding the same, the, the colors, the, you know, the, the logos are very similar. So everything kind of fits together. So it, it can be under one umbrella. And I think that just gives me, gives me some more flexibility of whatever I want to do with either the business or the podcast, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So let's rewind just a little bit. What were you doing just before you started your company? Yeah. So, I mean, I always did photography. I was always into photography. Um, I was doing it on the side, like as my side hustle, because my main, my main job, my nine to five, um, was in the beer industry. I worked in, um, in marketing for a beer distributor. I worked with a lot of local and, um, national craft breweries and I'm selling beer, man. That was, that was the main gig for like man, seven and a half years. So what did that job look like? Like so what did that, you do on a day-to-day basis? Yeah. Day-to-day basis. I mean, I would, I mean, it's pretty boring stuff. Uh, I think a lot of people <laughs> think the beer industry is a, is a lot of fun and there are fun aspects, but I mean, it was, um, oh man, what, what did, what did I do on a daily basis? I check inventory, you know, look at, at orders that were coming in from the breweries, um, 
look at new items that breweries wanted to start pushing, look at, you know, margins and pricing and marketing that they have. I mean, kind of that boring stuff was always on, on a daily basis. But then, you know, my uh, another role I had was to support the sales staff. So I would go out and call on, um, you know, bars and restaurants and sample beer with them, talk about beer, look at what their current offerings, see if there's a gap, you know. Um, in Southern California, uh, especially in San Diego where I'm at, like the craft beer scene is, it's a, it's pretty big and uh, we're a bunch of beer snobs down here. So um, yeah, it can get, it can get pretty competitive when you're, when you're sampling beer and, and trying to find gaps because everybody want no one wants to have the same stuff. Everybody wants to have something different, something unique. Um, so it, it's challenging, but it was a lot of fun. Yes. Yeah, so you were in a lot of hats with that company ton of hats <laughs> yes ton of hats yeah. so did that then was what was the impetus for starting your business then i know things sort of changed in the landscape of of, yeah. of that company yeah so i mean i was doing it for seven and a half years i kind of wanted to do something different i had picked up a camera you know again in my life um maybe yeah four years into that job um and kind of got the bug again and started getting more into pictures and, and videography and eventually like, okay, I wonder if I could like make some money with this. So I reached out to a friend who was a real estate agent and I was like, Hey, can I, can I shoot your next listing? And she was, she was down for it. So that's kind of how I got like my way in with photography, making money with photography. And then it was just a side hustle for like a good year and a half. And it was great extra income because I had a ma- I had a main paycheck coming in all the time, and so this was all just extra money. Um, but the business, the the company I was working for, got bought out by Anheuser Busch, giant you know global company, <laughs> um, and everybody gets laid off. You got to reapply if you want to if you want to keep your job. If they even have your same position, you might have another position. It just I had worked for a, a corporate company before. This is like as corporate as they come because they're a global company. Like I just did not, I didn't want to do it anymore. So I was looking at my income for photography and I was making essentially part-time income, half half what I was bringing in at the other job. So theoretically, if I do it full-time, maybe full-time money will follow. Uh (laughs) Um, So yeah, I kind of just jumped into it um, in November of 2019 horrible time to start a business, right? <laughs> horrible time to start a business in the holidays, right? November, December, January, super slow, horrible time. Um, but it, you know, I, I still had some work coming in. It gave me time to make sure like I could get a website up and I could do all that right during, during the holidays. Um, and things started to pick up. I had some events coming in booked and COVID hits. <laughs> yeah. So all those go away. Um, but like I said, real estate actually, you know, it, um, it really picked up here in Southern California. And then I had uh, someone else I had started working for give me kind of the inside scoop with his company that anybody they worked with has to offer virtual tours. So I jumped on that and learned how to do that and made sure I had the right camera so I could offer that. And that, because so little, uh, so few people were offering that service that that just like skyrocketed the the business because they were booking me for that, but then I also offered everything else. So instead of using multiple people, they would just use me. And so um, that's, that got me in front of a lot of people. So that was great. Definitely. So who was the person who told you about that? Uh, it was another real estate agent that I was doing some jobs for and he liked my work. And so he gave me a call one day and was like, Hey, so we just got a, had a team meeting. This is 
what we're doing moving forward. Can you do this? And without even reason, just yes, yes, yeah. I can do it. <laughs> Definitely, <laughs> Absolutely, right? Yeah, that's the way you <laughs> do it. Figure it out later. Uh huh. Yeah, because when I was doing, I was doing wedding photography on the side for a while, and it's the same idea. Someone just reaches out. They're like, "Oh, we need this. Can you do it?" I'm like, "Okay." And then I go and buy a camera. There's all these things, yeah. but Absolutely. it's yeah. You see the opportunity, you run with it. And I think like that's the entrepreneurial spirit, you know, because Definitely. that's how we make it. We don't. There isn't one one narrow path that we're going to go down. We're going to wear a lot of hats like you already were and then do a lot of different things for ourselves to make our living. So, yeah. I mean, you look, I think you look at any successful entrepreneur and, um, they always just say yes. Right. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> There's very little no's. It's always like, yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll uh -huh. figure it out. This is what we're going to do. We're just going to figure it out. So, um, yeah. That, yeah, huge that part. Really helped out. Yeah, huge part. It's problem solving as an entrepreneur because I mean you're you're doing so many things. So sure, bring a problem, we can figure it out. We'll find some yeah. way to do it. And I want to touch on sort of the um, the network, the people you knew side of things because mm -hmm. you dove you dove right in when you were interested in photography and doing events. But you said yeah. real estate. You reached out to a realtor. How did you start to build your rapport with more people beyond? So you have the first sort of that in, you get that foot in the door. Now, how yeah. do you build that network? Yeah, man, that's, that's tough. And I think that's, that's like the question everybody has, right? When, especially when they want to start photography or videography as like their main business, like how do I get clients? Mm -hmm. And there is no, <laughs> there's no magic bullet. There's no like right answer that's going to fit for everybody. It's different. But um, I mean, for me, having that marketing background, it was just getting in front of, in, in front of as many people as possible, right? Just to increase your odds of, of getting clients. So, you know, like I said, starting the business during the holidays, it was slow, but that gave me time to ramp up marketing. So having a website and the branding and the logo and putting a newsletter together, researching, like researching real estate agents, how many real estate agents and contact emails and phone numbers can I find online in my local area and like it's it's not the fun part of the job at all right because oh, yeah. no one wants to you know no it, selling like it's okay but it's essentially cold calling no one likes doing that but you got it you got to start somewhere uh -huh. so it's just e it was emailing finding emails and emailing agents and saying hey this is what i do here's my website i would love to work with you uh let me know if you want to jump on a call or you want to chat some more i mean it started as simple as that um, and then having an Instagram account for the business and posting my work, you know, of, from real estate shoots and having the right hashtags and, and tagging like that stuff actually works. And I don't think I would be, my business would be where it's at today if it wasn't through Instagram marketing. And I'm not talking about like buying ads. I'm just talking about posting consistently using the right hashtag. So people see your work and eventually people start following you and you can message them and say, Hey, thanks. Like, do you need any work? And it's not fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got to start somewhere. You got to get out and there. You got to get your you foot in the get door. Out there. Yeah. And yeah. so you're doing, you have a hyper local business essentially doing real estate in Southern California. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's hyper local, but it also takes me all over Southern California because mm -hmm. real estate agents don't just work in like one city, right? Oh, like, yeah. They don't just work in like, you know, the Southern part of San Diego or the, you know, North County, San Diego. Like they, they take listings wherever they can get them. So, um, I kind of service if it's, yeah, I, I service all Southern California. So I've gone up to LA. I've actually gone up like north of LA for, oh, wow. for a couple of shoots. Um, 
well, I have some stipulations for those agents. Like I'm not going out there just to shoot pictures. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, if I'm going to go, if I'm going to drive two hours, like you gotta, you gotta book photos and, and video and drone and walk. It's gotta be worth, worth it. Right. I'm not driving up for you know, $200 shoot. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So when it came to your Instagram approach then, because you yeah. weren't, you since, I mean, it's, it's local to a, like a degree then how were mm -hmm. you approaching targeting the right people? Because it is such a, wide open, broad platform that you could be known as the real estate photographer, say, but if you're reaching people not really in your market, that can be sort yeah, of detrimental, can, you know? And that, ha that happens, right? Mm -hmm. you, you start getting some followers that for, are from out of market. That's fine. Um, but I think you just, you have to engage with the community that's there. So use it like it goes back to, you know, tagging a city location that's local using the right hashtags, not just super broad, like real estate photographer. Yeah, you could use that, but like San Diego real estate photographer, San Diego, you know, real estate videography, using the right hashtags. And then also you can't just expect people to start following you. Like you got to follow local people. So that's what I started doing. You start following local agents and, and local brokers, they follow you back and you just start interacting. It just, it just builds, but you got to have that that initiative to get in front of them and start following them and, and build a conversation. And um, that's what this business is. When you get into the real estate photography business, it's all relationship, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I would say across the board, I mean, it, everything we do is relationship, even yeah. like the influencer type person, they're building a relationship with their audience. But yeah, when it comes to business, it is so much, it's what you know and who you know, they, they both yeah. go hand in hand because without one or the other, you just sort of dead in the water, you know? Yeah. So when you started pricing, how did you figure out, like, what was your approach to pricing? Because that is the huge question, especially for like freelancing service based, like I'm new to this. What do I charge? Yeah. You have to just, you have to do research. Mm -hmm. you, you can't just pull numbers out of the air. As some, as some people do, <laughs> you gotta do research and see what other people are, are charging. And so, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's a creative business, but it's still a business. So researching competition, as you know, I, I love other photographers, but we do compete for the same business. You know, yeah. you got, you got to look and see what everybody's charging. You got to try to find their pricing online. Like I'm not going to go ghost somebody and like email them and pretend I'm a real estate agent to get their pricing. Like mm -hmm. I, I'm not, I don't think I wouldn't like if somebody did that to me, I'm not going to do that to somebody, but if they have it posted on their website, like I can see what they charge. There's other big uh, companies in the real estate photography business that are essentially like, uh, like almost like Uber, but for real estate photography where agents can log in for their area, say what they want. And then this app farms it out and they have set pricing. So that that's a good place to start to see what they charge nationally to everybody for just basic photos or basic videos. And that's what they're charging. If you work with them, you get a fraction of that because they got to make their money, but that's what the agents used to, to paying. So that's a good place to start. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that research is so important. And research. Yeah. So how did you how long did it take before you saw the scale? So you, you said you were getting part time income, but then when everything changed at your job, then it's like, oh, I can scale this up. But where was that inflection point? So what did you what did you see where you're like, I, I can scale this up, you know? Yeah, it was about five months in okay. five months in. And I started to really see like a return on like the effort I was putting into the marketing and and everything where I was getting jobs, but like March of 2020, right when the pandemic hit, <laughs> but that's when I started to see really a return on the, on the marketing and, and all the efforts and the business start to, 
you know, mm-hmm. go up. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. And are you able then, I imagine you have a lot of the same clients, like repeat customers because of the industry. Yeah, are repeat you... customers are super important. And oh, that's, yeah. that's where um, the majority of the business is, is on repeat customers. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to real estate photography, I mean, everybody wants to shoot like the multi-million dollar listings, these huge mansions that are super nice. Those are great, right? They look beautiful, but I am a creative, but I'm a business person too. I'm a numbers person. And there's less, you know, $12.5 million homes being turned than there are five or $600,000 homes being turned. So I would much rather work with an agent, you know, that is selling that middle priced home listing than the multi-million dollar listings. Those are great. And I, I, I work with some agents that have those. And I mean, I'm in Southern California, so yeah. everything's stupid expensive out here, but you're not going to get, it's not, I, I want the volume, right? You want the money coming in. So targeting the right agents too is, is super important to find the people that are, are turning inventory. I don't care what the house is priced at. That's their business. I want somebody that's turning inventory. So I'd much rather work with an agent, like I said, that's selling five, $600,000 homes than multi-million dollar homes. Mm -hmm. So relationship-based, those repeat customers, find the customers that are turning inventory. So more listings they have, the more work I'm going to have. But always in the back of your mind, you got to, you got to be thinking about how to grow the business. If this is your, your main income, because if an agent slows down, if they retire, if they move, and that was a regular client, you're, you're losing income. So you got to start finding different things you can offer to clients. So you can you know, get a bigger ring out of each customer. And then also just maybe start looking at different businesses that you can start offering your services to. So I'm always thinking about how I can grow the business. Repeat customers are nice, but how can I get more? <laughs> yeah, definitely. And yeah, because you're you're nurturing those relationships with them. But yep. like you said, if if they take off, they move to a different city, they do whatever, so many different things and it's could happen and it's dependent on them. And yeah. What? I'm big into the numbers. Like I have yeah. spreadsheets upon spreadsheets and I can see like which client makes up how much percentage of my total business. And it, it starts to creep up there. I'm like, Oh, I, I don't like that. This one client is making up 30% of my business. It's only 30%, but still that's, if that were to go away, mm-hmm. that's a big chunk. Yeah. You don't want all your eggs <laughs> in one basket. Like that no. would be not good. So with this business, then is it you alone? Do you have any uh, freelancers you work with or anything? Yeah. You know, right now it's just me. And then, mm-hmm. you know, uh, my wife has a sounding board as, you know, the, <laughs> the person I can run ideas off of and, and chat with about what's going through my mind and what I want to do with the business. Um, but as of right now, just me, I've looked at maybe training somebody to fill in occasionally if I, if I want to take a vacation and shoots are coming in and I don't want to say no to the client, who can I train to at least go out and capture the stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very, I, I like to control the final product, so I don't outsource editing, which if anybody's listening that's a real estate photographer, they might think I'm crazy because a lot of people outsource editing. Um, but I just, I liked controlling the final product too much to to let anybody take that over. Yeah, currently. I mean, that's your calling card. <laughs> like, we're a branding agency. Yeah. We do, it's two of us. We do everything in-house. Like, I'm all about that. Hire if it's, if it has a big return. Like, if you're going to take a bunch off your plate, hire, Sure. But I'm right there with you. Like we've been a two-person company for 12 years now. And it's like, this is just 
we can handle it in-house because when we send it out, it's not always up to our expectations. I mean, because yeah. no one will believe in our, no one will, I guess, feel the connection to our business to the degree that we do. So it's just always a little a little more of a challenge there. Yeah, I, I get that. And then also, you know, I'm a numbers person, so I'm always mm -hmm. looking at those margins. And if I got to outsource and pay someone, even if it's cheap, even if it's 80 cents a, a an image return, but I'm still asking them to edit 50 images, doesn't seem like a lot, but when you're only, it's a competitive market. So your prices aren't that high to begin with in real estate photography. And so when you start eating into those margins and if I got to send it out and it comes back, and I still spend a half hour tweaking what's come, what mm -hmm. comes back because it's not a hundred percent to how I want it. Well, I spent a half hour tweaking images that I sent out, or I could have just spent an hour and had it done the right way the first time. Yeah, that's exactly our experience. Money. Uh huh. Exactly. <laughs> and made more money. Yeah, we. I mean, in the past, we tried a couple like literal outsourcing, going through a company, doing these things, and we then spent a couple grand on a website rebuilt the whole thing from scratch because it just wasn't up to snuff and like you just don't know like obviously you can hire well you can get the right person in there but especially as a like a solo entrepreneur you don't yeah. have the time for that i mean you you're focusing in the in the weeds in the actual like the dirt of getting everything done and making it work and building like a great business yeah and as you know as as you know as a creative and an entrepreneur sometimes it's tough to it's tough to communicate what, what you, what you want. Like you have a vision in your head and you explain it the best as you, the best you can. And it comes back and you're like, no, nah, I want, I want this tweak. And they, they tweak it and you're like, no, nah, still not right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me just do it. Uh-huh. Yeah. That was something that we really benefited from is Dave and I, my business partner, Dave, we, we have a very similar vision and we understand each other so well. It's so important to like, to find that, but it's so difficult. It is not, not easy at all. So talking numbers, what types of expense is there? Because obviously gear, like, but if we, if we just say someone has some of the gear going in, what types of expenses go into this type of business? Yeah. So, I mean, the nice thing is, is, is if you already have the gear and you can fight gear acquisition syndrome, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is very difficult to do, um, the, the cost essentially is fairly, is fairly low. I mean, you're looking at editing software, right? So there you can go with the Adobe platform and pay, was it like $50 a month and have Premiere with it? I just do $10 a month and just use Photoshop and um, Lightroom because I use I use Final Cut Pro, which was a one-time charge. So that's built in, that's good. So you got the reoccurring 999, probably uh, need extra cloud storage. So Dropbox Professional, which I think is like what, 1199. Um, I, ha I use Matterport for the virtual tours and that can, they have a variety of different plans based on how busy you are. So you can upgrade your plan as you get, as you get busier. Um, so, I mean, if I had to put a number to it, I mean, it's fairly low. I'd say like reoccurring expenses, um, you're, you're looking at like maybe 200 bucks monthly and then you got some of the yearly costs, right? Like your website um, and your domain registration and, and some other stuff, but it's a, the nice thing about the creative field is it's it's it can be profitable because the expenses like on gear are one time and reoccurring stuff is is fairly inexpensive. So um, you can start making your money back really quick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's what I love because you're putting in the sweat equity, not dumping a bunch of money in. I mean, obviously, if someone's buying the new gear, buying the best new drone that's going to work or the 360 camera for these tours or something, like those are big expenses. But like you said, they 
they stick around. You have a return on that investment over the long term. Like it's yeah. and then especially when you start getting into bigger productions, like let's like not real estate, but like bigger productions, like bigger client videos, it, you can rent, right? Uh -huh. <laughs> and you can use build that cost <laughs> into the pricing that you're charging the customer with maybe a little markup for having to go pick it up and return it. You're good to go. I mean, you, you really don't have to spend a lot of money where where the investment comes in is your time and your skills and um, time is money, right? It's not necessarily just the cost of operating, like your hard costs, but it's also your time and your investment of your time. How much is that worth? Mm -hmm. Definitely. So you said that real estate isn't wasn't necessarily the main idea. You wanted to do events and things. So I what? To do more events, more like corporate videos and stuff like that. But I just started to stay so busy with the real estate stuff. Oh yeah. Um, and then events went away. So um, <laughs> they're slowly coming back. A lot of the events that I was doing were canceled, of course, in 2020, canceled again in 2021, but are on the books for 2022, which is nice. Nice. Yeah. So how does that translate? Because obviously it's the same skill, like the raw skill of photography, videography, and all these things. But mm -hmm. being that they are different um, verticals, do you feel like they're is, is there any learning curve to branch out and jump over to events or maybe to a completely new area even? Yeah, I mean, I think all types of photography have similarities, but they're all different, right? So when you're looking at real estate photography, you're not using like, you know, a, a 50 mil or a zoom. You're using the widest lens you can get and shooting on a tripod locked off and trying to get those very sharp images where everything's in focus, but you're trying to get the widest shot possible and you're trying to edit a little brighter. So images pop, you know, on, on the, on the flyers and on the listings and stuff. And then when you go to events and you're taking pictures, you know, you might have some bright photos, but you also might want to try to get some more dramatic shots with, you know, a telephoto lens. If someone's given a speech, it's cool to get a cool shot. And when you go to edit, cool to get some black and whites with you know the stage lights and everything they look great so there there are similarities but there are there are differences right you you can basically go around a house and take the same shots at every listing an event it's completely different it's all over the place you gotta you gotta be flexible you probably have two cameras on you each with different lenses made you know to take different shots you got to know where to be when to be because that moment only happens once oh yeah you got to be able to capture it so you got to be fast on your feet Mm -hmm. Yeah. And since your portfolio is the house that you're you're shooting, like you're building up your library of stuff that people can see your work. Yeah. Do you have any sort of input in terms of staging or, or are you sort of curating the realtor based on maybe their vision for homes? Yeah. So I, I work with some agents that like um, they stage. That's mandatory with all the clients they work like, hey, you got a great home, but I'm staging it, you know, mm -hmm. and that's great. And I love working with those agents because staged homes look fantastic. I am not an interior designer at all. Right. And that's not my job. That's not, that's not what I do. Oh, yeah. I can give you some inputs like, Hey, like take everything off the counters. Don't have any trash cans in the house. You know, don't have any cars parked out in front. But um, the way I view it is you're paying me to come in and take great images for you. You're the real estate agent. It's your responsibility to make sure the house is shoot ready. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that's, definitely. That's my viewpoint. Some some uh, some people work completely different, but my viewpoint is I'm the photographer and the videographer, and I'll I'll make you a great some great photos and a great video. But I'm not an interior designer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe that pillow needs to be fluffed a little bit, but 
Oh, yeah. You're asking the wrong person. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, and that's the way to do it. Different I mean, skill sets. Yeah, and especially when you do find that person who is doing that, they're they're staging everything that that makes your final product even that much better, which is awesome. Because yeah, if you yeah. can't, you can't, you're not going to polish a page. You know, you're going to take photos, and it's like if if it's not a good scene, it's the photos only going to be as good as the scene will allow. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, what are you most excited for moving forward? most excited for um definitely i just i i i love the podcast i love podcasting i i really want to see now that i have basically over 50 episodes under my belt over a year podcasting just to see where that that takes me because i've had some fantastic guests you've been on the show which has been great and some some really awesome creatives pretty well-known people in the industry coming on the show and um yeah i just love to see that community continue to, to build and see where that goes um, and see how I can turn it into maybe even a revenue stream. Like I'm a creative, but I'm also a business person and an entrepreneur. And I, I love seeing where I can take things and how you can make money off them. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I do it for the love. Money's nice though too. Well, yeah, I mean, you're, you're building, you're diversifying because ideally if the podcast starts making money, whether it's sponsors or community, a paid community or something, you're then you're just balancing it all out so you're resilient i mean that's a bit that's why we're here we're here to we're building businesses to have more resilience moving forward rather than relying on on someone else yeah. so i think that's yeah. great and, and and the hard thing with podcasting is is all the different types of ways to make money podcasting i'm not a fan of any of them mm -hmm. like i don't want to do ad reads i'm not opposed to it like if it's a cool brand but i'm not I'm not sacrificing the podcast just to make money. Like I could have oh, done yeah. that a long time ago, right? I, I, it's it's easy to get ads. There's plenty of platforms out there where you can say, hey, I have a show if you want to advertise. Like there's platforms out there if that's your main goal, but you're going to sacrifice the show and the listeners. I want to cultivate a community on the show. And if an opportunity presents itself to have a revenue stream from that, I'm all for it, but it's got to be the right way and not sacrifice the product. Same thing when it comes to the business and the freelance work, right? I could be making more money doing things different ways, but I don't want to sacrifice the business for the sake of, of making money or making my life a little bit easier. Like I could outsource all the photos, right? And just turn around and deliver them. But eh, like, they're not what I want. That's mm -hmm. not what it represents, you know? So yeah, I, I'm curious to see how the business continues to grow and with things opening back up and being able to do more work with different brands. Like I just had a shoot with a, uh, a guy, a, a, what is he? He's a sports trainer. What do you call those? I guess just a sports trainer. Yeah, physical trainer. With, a personal yeah. trainer. <laughs> personal trainer. There yeah. we go. But he, he works with uh, he works with like prof, you know guys that are trying to become professional athletes. They, they they might play college ball right now, but he's he's training them outside of their normal coaching they get at the school and working with them to go pro. And he's launching some of his own products, so be able to work with him and make videos featuring those products and work with cool athletes. Like you said, it's, it's a, it's a relationship business. So it's fun doing that. I'd love to see how that goes, but you meet tons of other people and you never know where they're going to be in the future too. So. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Stuff. Yeah. And just back to the uh, ad reads and stuff real quick. I yeah, find yeah. it interesting. Remember when selling out, that was a bad thing, but now we're at this point where pretty much if you look at any YouTube video, like how to make money, like in a side hustle and everything is, ads and sponsors and promoting this and it's such a weird time because like yeah. i don't know i like 
at one time selling out was really seen like oh you sell out this and that but it just there was some tipping point that really changed it which i find interesting but i really respect when people are like well no i don't want to do that that's not that's not my journey i'm yeah. building something different and i'm all like i'll be up front i'm all for it like oh if, yeah like i don't mind doing ad reads but i'm not doing them for the sake of doing ad reads right exactly. it's got to be the right brand and i don't want to do too many like we i i have podcasts i love listening to but i know i gotta fast forward the first three minutes because there's nothing but ad reads and like yeah. that sucks man like, mm-hmm. it's just i i love the creator i love the show but i don't want to listen to three three minutes of ads yeah and hey good for you because i'm sure they're paying for it like when you have at&t paying you for an ad like cool man that's mm-hmm. awesome like <laughs> you're stoked for them <laughs> that's pretty cool and i guess if at&t wants to come and sponsor my podcast i'm not gonna say no yeah but <laughs> doing three three minutes worth of ads so, so if you, you were able to find that balance oh for sure and if you were able to like once you figure out the business side of the podcast and everything if you were able to move away from real estate photography. Would you do that or would you keep it going? I'd probably keep it going, but only work with like, I could be even more pickier. Uh I was just talking to somebody um, on my show this morning about that, about you don't need to say yes to everybody when it comes to freelancing. Because if you do, eventually it's actually going to hurt your business, right? Because you're not going to be working with the right clients. You're just going to be working with clients. You want to work with the right clients and you know, the busier you get, pickier you can start to be and your prices go up a little bit because you're in demand and you can be pickier and so i would probably keep it going but be more selective of who i want to work with yeah and when you have to fire a client that is the worst like because they're not a fit things aren't going well it's like i'm it's better to have that have that ability that opportunity to be picky you know it's huge yeah Yeah. Yeah. firing a client is like people People are like, you can fire clients. Yeah, they can fire you. You can fire them. Absolutely. If they're a horrible mm-hmm. client, get rid of them. But um, maybe you just say like, hey, uh, I can't fit this in. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, just start Sorry. to sever pads. No. But yeah, no. thankfully, um, yeah, as you go along, it shouldn't happen too much. But yeah, it just it's bound to happen here and there. But um, yeah, but I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Um, yeah, diving in your journey and everything. I think this is great. And I really like showcasing Hopefully just anybody listening got something out of it. No, that. absolutely. Because I like, like, a lot of people are looking for advice, like, oh, advice here, advice here. But I like going to the story because everyone's story is different, but there are the common threads. Like, it's the network and building your connections with people is huge. Like, that's something I don't think I've had a single conversation that didn't have that as a key relationships as a key component. Mm-hmm of building that business. And I think that's really valuable because we can, for relationships specifically, we can have a cynical view. We can be like, oh, it's not, it's not what they know. It's who they know where it's, it's always both. It's never one or the other. It's always a combination. I know a lot of real estate agents, but if my work sucked, they're not going to hire me. Right. Because at the end of the day, I'm trying to add value to what they're doing so they can sell a product and a house. They might like me, but if my photos were just total garbage, it's not going to help them, right? Mm-hmm. So why would they work with me? Yeah. So it's it's definitely both. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah, and like you said, value like that's what we're selling. We are selling like someone's going to give you money because you're providing them value. So it's mm-hmm. hugely hugely valuable to uh, recognize that. So and I think it's important as a creative to only work with people that know the value that you you're delivering. Mm-hmm. So when people don't value your work. They just do it because they need to do it and they're looking for the best price. Try to pass on that if you can. Yeah. Do you try <laughs> to educate people at all in terms of that value? 
Uh, yes, but I feel like if you have to edge if you have to educate them a bunch, they're probably not the right fit, mm-hmm. right? Because they already don't get it. And the chances of you being the one to get it through to them, I hate to break it to you. It's going to take a while for that person to actually start seeing value in in what you're doing. If if you have to sell them hard on it. Yeah, for <laughs> that's sure. My, that's my take. Oh yeah. You're not changing anyone's minds. I mean, you just, <laughs> you can nudge them along just a little bit, but yeah. yeah. And I'm busy enough, right. With like actually operating a business. Like there's so much behind the scenes versus actually going and shooting mm-hmm. and editing. There's, there's client relationships. There's trying to build clients. There's marketing. There's, there's invoicing, there's accounting. There's a lot behind the scenes of versus just taking pictures, mm-hmm. you know? So I don't have time to educate people on what I, this is my business. Like if you don't know the value in good digital assets, I don't think you're going to (laughs) succeed. Yeah. Or at least what they're doing, maybe what you're offering isn't, it's just not for them. And so there's no reason for you to try to convince them that it is. Right. Yeah. So this was great. So where should we send people to check out your work and check out your podcast? Yeah. So the podcast is the Hive podcast. You can uh, check it out anywhere you listen to podcasts. And then if you want to check me out, you can go to Jared Spink on Instagram, um, the Hive podcast on Instagram, and then um, Grow the Hive is uh, the is the Instagram for the business, which is Hive Media. But you got to look up Grow the Hive because you know what I should have done before I, you know, decided on the name of the business is look up Instagram accounts that are available and domain names that are available. Yeah. <laughs> Key tips <laughs> before you name, name your business, make sure, you know, the, the, the names on, you know, domains and everything's available because uh, then you got to start getting really creative. Yeah. I love grow the hive though. It's, it's brilliant. It, it just, it perfectly encapsulates all of it. <laughs> it, it capitulate, it capitulate eh, what you said. Um, <laughs> It does it all and it, it really expresses the meaning behind behind the business. And that's why I chose it and I love it. But um if I could have had Hive Media, I would have done that because oh, yeah. <laughs> when when customers are your business is Hive Media, but when I look it up, I can't find it, you know, when they're <laughs> searching. So uh-huh. yeah, I love my domain name too. But from mm-hmm. a business aspect, probably not the best. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Thanks again. I don't want to take too much of your time. I know you have a busy day today. So thanks yeah, again yeah. for being on the show. Of course, man. It's always great catching up with you. Yeah, for sure. And we'll see you next time. See ya. I want to thank Jared for joining me on this episode. Be sure to check him out on Instagram and his website, Grow the Hive, where you can find everything that he's working on. And check out the Hive podcast, which is, if you're enjoying this show, you're going to love that one too, because it is, as he said, all about the creative journey through entrepreneurship. As always, this episode of Starting Now is brought to you by Built. At Built, we help you get started online. Whether you want to start a blog or a business, head on over to built.co. That's B-Y-L-T C-O to get started. Built. Your website, built for you, simply. And finally, if you're enjoying the show, be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening right now and tell a friend. It really helps us get the word out there. That'll do it for this week. Again, I'm Jeff Saris. This has been Starting Now, and I'll see you next time.